0: Welcome to Leading the Way, the worldwide Bible-teaching ministry of pastor and author, Dr. Michael Youssef.
1: Hello, my friends. You know, they say America exports its culture to the world, and certainly whatever happens in the United States soon goes to England, Australia, and Canada. And I'm speaking to all my friends in all these countries. All of us, as Western nations and English-speaking nations, have removed the boundaries that have set by the founding fathers of all of these countries. It's happening in America, it's happening in England, it's happening in Australia and Canada, it's happening all over the world. It is sad, but I'm speaking today about the sin of removing these boundaries, as it says in the scripture. So I pray that God will use this message to bless you and also encourage you and motivate you to stand up and make a difference in this world.
0: July 4 is Independence Day in the United States. Today a challenge to see Independence Day in a new light through Dr. Yusuf's inspiring and challenging message, The Sin of Removing Landmarks. It's an eye-opening look at the destruction that's been welcomed by removing biblical principles from life and culture around the world. Let's listen together as Dr. Yusuf begins.
1: Proverbs 22:28 said, Remove not the boundaries which your forefathers have set. Remove not the boundaries which your forefathers have set. Another translation puts it this way. Do not remove the ancient boundaries, the landmarks set by your forefathers. In Israel, in Israel... The landmarks and the boundaries were ordered by divine command. The promised land, that's what was promised to Abraham and his descendants, that's what I called the promised land, it was divided by the divine surveyor himself of the different tribes. But more than that, that land could never, never be sold it could never be permanently sold. Why? Because they believed with all their heart that God is the one who actually owns the land, and that is why they couldn't permanently sell it. The longest lease went for about 50 years, from jubilee to jubilee, and that is why it was considered a high crime and misdemeanor. It's a high crime against the God of heaven himself to remove these ancient boundary stones. They considered a crime act, a criminal act, to tamper with the permanent boundaries that God, through the founding fathers of Israel, have set. It was a sin against the holy God to destroy what God has placed as boundaries to change or to modify those landmarks that were set by the Founding Fathers is a sin against God himself. Now, while this text specifically speaks of the crime of removing the physical boundaries founded by the Founding Fathers in the Promised Land, I would not do the text injustice if I speak about the moral and spiritual landmarks that the founding father of these great countries have placed in place. The removal of the moral and spiritual boundaries that have defined this great nation, this blessed land which we call America, is indeed a spiritual crime to remove these moral and spiritual landmarks that were placed there by men and women who gave their lives for these boundaries and these landmarks will bring about the judgment of God, not the blessing of God, unless we return to the boundaries of our founding fathers. Some of you might be asking, what are these moral and spiritual landmarks? And I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to give you at least eight of them. So fasten your seatbelt. The first landmark that was set, it was set by the Mayflower compact. The very first landmark set by the founding fathers reads as follows. In the name of God, we have undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. There was no pluralism there. Solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic. Now, the crime of moving this ancient landmark has been committed in America today by outlawing the name of Jesus out of public life, by removing prayer from school, by firing educators from their jobs if they publicly pray or testify. In fact, the British historian not this British historian Paul Johnson said the following. He said, the Mayflower Compact was the single most important formative event in early American history. Then he continued, the Mayflower Compact was the first step toward America's constitution. Somebody will pay for the removal of that ancient landmark. Another ancient landmark was the Declaration of dependence upon God. It may be called the Declaration of Independence from England, but it was a declaration of dependence on the Almighty God. Listen to me, please. The boundaries were Christian clear, and here they are, that all men are created equal, and they're endowed by their who? Creator, with certain unalienable rights appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. That's a Presbyterian way of saying God. <laughs> These are vitally important landmarks, boundaries that were set by the Founding Fathers. These ancient landmarks guided America during even the dark blots of our history. And listen, I don't wear rose-colored glasses. I'm always talk truth and let the chips fall where they may. These darkest times, whether it be slavery or Jim Crow or segregation or abortion, these ancient landmarks' boundaries brought us back again. And again and again from errors to the light of truth and justice. These ancient landmarks, boundaries assured us again and again that our rights as citizens are given to us not by the government but by God Himself. Amen. Amen. And give Him praise. Today, a moral and spiritual crime has been committed. By removing this boundary, the government has created a society with 50 percent of the population is dependent on the government and not on God. Listen to me, the evil desire of governments, all governments, to replace God is as old as the Bible. It hasn't just started here. It's always been the temptation. It's always been that evil desire of governments to replace God to any society. And that is why the founders of this great United States have sought to guard against that evil enticements. Someone will pay heavy price for the removal of that landmark. Another landmark is summarized in the words of George Washington, and it reads as follows. It is impossible to govern without God and the Bible. Today, that ancient landmark has been removed as fast as we are able to blink. We now have presidents who mock the Bible and quote what they call the Holy Quran. Someone will pay for the removal of that ancient landmark. Another ancient landmark is summarized in the words of Abraham Lincoln when he said, The only assurance of our nation's safety – listen carefully – the only assurance of our nation's safety is to lay our foundation in morality and Christianity. (coughs) That ancient landmark, too, has been obliterated by an unholy alliance between the government and the corrupt media elite in this country. Today, the corrupt media executives are more anxious to appease our enemies, sell their souls for a buck, offend our friends, and destroy the foundation. Someone will pay for the removal of that landmark. Another landmark is summarized in the 1844 Supreme Court ruling when it says the Bible, especially the New Testament, should be read and taught as divine revelation in schools. It goes on to say, or ask the question, where else can the purest principles of morality be learned so clearly and so perfectly as from the New Testament? How do you like them apples? (laughs) Today, a crime has been committed, and that ancient landmark has been removed. Today, our teachers are instructed by a bunch of bureaucrats to groom our children sexually instead of preparing them to be good citizens. In today's, as we see with our own eyes, the ACLU and some liberal courts treat the Bible, especially the New Testament, as a will dangerous document, a document that is to be confiscated from students during school hours someone will pay for the removal of that ancient landmark. Another ancient landmark placed by the 1892 Supreme Court, which said, morality of the country is deeply grafted upon Christianity and not upon doctrine or worship of other religions. So much for pluralism today. And yet these ancient landmarks have been eliminated by the 1980 Supreme Court— When they removed the Ten Commandments from a school in Kentucky, citing their fear, listen to what they said, lest the students read them and obey them. (laughs) Are we surprised of the anarchy and the shooting and the mass shooting? Are we surprised of all the stuff that is going on? Once God is removed, Satan takes over. Someone will pay for the removal of that landmark. Another ancient landmark was placed by our forefathers by the New York Supreme Court. New York Supreme Court. Remember, this is the city and the state among six others, only six others, who are experiencing the worst kind of anarchy and worst conditions in every way, and murder in the broad daylight. In 1811, the Supreme Court of New York said, whatever strikes at the root of Christianity tends manifestly to dissolution of civil government because it tends to corrupt morals of the people and destroy good order. There was a moral and spiritual crime committed when removed, removing of that ancient landmark. Somebody will pay a price for that removal. Another ancient landmark was placed by our forefathers. In the words of Webster, listen carefully… And I quote, the principles of all genuine liberty and wise laws and administrations are to be drawn from the Bible and sustained by its authority. He continues, the man, therefore, think about how prophetic that is. The man, therefore, who weakens or destroys the divine authority of that book, may be an accessory to all public disorder which society is doomed to suffer. Is that a prophetic or not? He knew that it was a crime of the highest order to tamper with that ancient landmarks. Today, we have some judges, not all judges, thank God. I know some who are absolutely wonderful, and they doing their best. But some judges and now, not referring to the Bible, but to Islamic Sharia. Today, we see some judges act like politicians, not impartial judges. And when those judges, honest, truthful judges who act impartially, their lives are threatened and the government is not protecting them. Someone will pay for the removal of that ancient boundary. In the last 50 years, we have had political leader after political leader, court after court busily removing this ancient landmark, educational department after educational department busily rewriting, rewriting, rewriting the history of this great nation. The history of America has been distorted by removing this ancient landmark. Schools no longer teach the truth about the Founding Fathers. Some said that when I went to school, I was taught right from wrong. Now they teach the right is wrong and the wrong is right. Please listen to me. They never tell the students in most public schools, they never tell the students that 95% of the 250 Founding Fathers were committed believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. They never tell the students that during the Jefferson administration, the least committed believer, the Jefferson administration, four hours of communion service was held in the treasury building. They never teach the children that 24 of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence had equivalent of a seminary degree. They won't tell them that. They'll never teach them that they'll never tell the students that Andrew Jackson, the seventh president of the United States, whose face graces our $20 bill, declared that the Bible is the rock upon which the republic rests. do they want to teach them that. They want to teach them that the peace treaty that ended the Revolutionary War began by this. In the name of the most holy and undivided Trinity, they won't teach them that. They won't teach the students that John Adams declare that our Constitution was made only for moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. No wonder they want to dispense with the Constitution. I want to tell you some things about the so-called progressives. They're not progressives at all. They are regressives. They really are. They want to take us back to the dark ages and to medieval time, when the Word of God was chained to the lectern of churches, and people were not able to read it. That's what they're trying to do. Progressives, whether it be in politics or in the church, they are regressive. They both hate ancient landmarks. They do. And if you are one of them today listening to me, I pray to God that you repent of that. Today! The day is the day of salvation. They hate ancient landmarks that was founded and placed by the founding fathers. And so-called progressives in government, they want to shred the Constitution. And they want to govern by their whims and their fantasies. The so-called progressives in the church, and let me tell you, Mega church pastors, one after another, falling like flies, becoming progressives, regressives. Some of these progressives in the church strive to undermine the authority of the word of God, our most revered, divine word of God, and boundaries that were placed by God Himself. They want to live by the sinful desires and think that God doesn't care not long ago, the front cover of the Time magazine has the Constitution going through a paper shredder. Listen to me, please. It is natural, therefore, that they want to throw away the Constitution. They want to replace it by the ideologies of Karl Marx, where the secular elite replace God and morality. So, what is the answer? I always want to get to an answer. Somebody said, instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle. I turned around, and I said, yes, I'm going to curse the darkness and also light a candle. <laughs> <laughs> and if you love the darkness, my God have mercy on your soul. We have been promised by politicians all sorts of things, that sounded good, sounded good, only to deliver us pain and chaos and suffering. Beloved, the only hope that they have delivered has led us to hopelessness, hopelessness. The only change they accomplished is to take us over a cliff, and we're now looking into a dark abyss in every way. So now, let me take a few moments to talk to you about the only hope that is worthy of the Word. I'm talking about the hope in Christ and the change that leads to repentance from our sins. First, we need to repent from the sin of departing from the truth, from the sin of removing these ancient landmarks that were placed by the Founding Fathers— The only change that is worthy of the name is when our hearts and the hearts of our leaders turn from selfish ambition to serving the living God. The only change that is worthy of the name is when leaders' hearts turn from being self-serving to people-serving. The only change that is worthy of the name is when leaders stop turning us against each other. That's exactly what they're doing, all of their policies, with their allies in the media. They are working deliberately—and listen, this has been going on for 50 years—to divide us as a nation, to make us hate each other, whether it would be based on race or gender or social status. They are and desperately need to bow to the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, and stop dividing us as a nation. The only changes worthy of the name is when our church leaders stop compromising and wanting to be liked by evil society and now obey the Word of God literally instead. Yeah. The only changes worthy of the name is when the true God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is invited back to the center and not just expedience. The only change that's worthy of the name is a change that will lead us all the way back to Christ, so that we may crown Him Lord of all. I believe the Lord with all my heart is saying to us, you are wearying me with your civic religion. Repent before it's too late. Just as he said in the days of Isaiah, you are wearying me with your syncretism. You worship Baal and me at the same time. Repent before it's too late. You are wearying me with your empty worship on Sunday and living like the devils for the rest of the week. Repent before it's too late. You are wearying me with empty words, yet your actions and your policies a legislating abomination. Repent before it's too late. You're listening to Leading the Way, the Bible
0: teaching ministry of Dr. Michael Youssef.
1: Hello, my friends. John Wesley said there is nothing important that takes place without the prayers of the saints. And God is always moved by the prayers of His children. And many of you have prayed earnestly for the Macon event. We call it Hope for the Heart of Georgia. And I want to thank you from the depth of my heart for your prayers and for your encouragement and for your support for the many letters that I received, people saying we're praying for you and we're praying for these events. And God answered your prayers in abundance. And that movement is continuing on. And we believe that God is going to use it for the many years to come. So I thank you again. God bless you and keep on praying for the upcoming events in Dublin, Ireland, and in Belfast, and in Springfield, Massachusetts, and then in Egypt. Thank you again. Keep on praying. God bless you.
0: Connect with Leading the Way when you call 1-300-133-589. And the website, ltw.org, ltw.org. And with that music, we're bringing the curtain down on another chapter of Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef